You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Welcome into the show. Thanks for tuning in. This is podcast 10. We've reached double figures of the 410 Yards podcast. Want to get in touch with the show? 410yards at gmail.com, uh, on Twitter at 410yards, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, all the rest of it. Really appreciate if you uh, give us a, a share, a subscribe, a like, uh, leave some comments, uh, get in touch with the show. We'd love to do some interaction with you guys out there. Again, thank you for listening. Today, we're going to be looking forward to week six. And we're going to bring you some uh, electing to punt. And we're also going to give you a two-minute drill. But first, we will give you this week's news. So the big news, obviously, uh, coming out this week since it broke literally about half an hour after my midweek podcast. Obviously, this is now the second of of two weekly podcasts we're going to be doing. Big news, obviously, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. His ban has been reinstated after uh, two two judges outvoted the other one that it would be cleared. And so basically, as it stands at the moment, Zeke will be suspended from six games. Obviously, Dallas are on a bye this week, week six. So you would be looking at missing weeks six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So not returning until week 12. Obviously, with Dallas on a bye, it's not going to be the last we've heard of it. And people seem to, to be quite sure that uh, you know, the they, lawyers in the NFLPA will will look to get that ban uh, put on the shelf once again. So it's just a case of again waiting. And it's not it's not normal. I say this, but lawyers have certainly uh, earned their money uh, over this over this case. So obviously that's the the big news there. So what do you do for a fantasy perspective if you're an Ezekiel Elliott owner like me? Uh, I mean, but the ch- chances now if you look on your waivers, Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden have have are not on there anymore because someone's picked them up to try and get a little bit of a lottery ticket. I th- I, th- I still think and I still believe that Zeke will will play all, f- all sixteen games this season. And you know, if if Zeke, uh, if you're a Zeke owner and Morris and McFadden are still on the waivers, it might be worth picking one of those up. But the problem is, you know, which one do you pick up? You've got Alfred Morris, who's obviously been had seven carries I think this season for. About 80 odd yards, obviously that includes the big 70 yard run that he had, uh, I think two weeks ago. So, and obviously you've got Darren McFadden, who I think Darren McFadden will probably be the one, the guy that comes in. Uh, I think they're just they've, he's been a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks, but I think it's obviously it's just a ploy of keeping him, you know, free so that he can be the next one to step up. I still think Alfred Morris will be will be the backup there to whoever is going to be your running back come week seven. A couple of other bits of injury news. Tyler Eifert has landed on the uh, injury reserve. He's going to have surgery on a back. That's his third surgery now, so he's done for the season. And he's also a free agent come the end of the season as well, so it'd be interesting to see if anyone picks him up. I, I very much doubt it, so that could be uh, very much the career for Tyler Eifert. A bit of a shame, obviously. He's, he was, he's such a good tight end and was a big body there, so obviously he'll be missed. So Tyler Croft will obviously be a streaming uh, possibility from, from here on out towards the end of the season, so... Uh, Minnesota Stefan Diggs is being hampered by a groin injury. He's out for Sunday's game at home to the Green Bay Packers. That's obviously a a big injury miss for them. And obviously that's, that means that Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph will obviously get Case Keenum's targets come Green Bay. And obviously they've got very beatable uh, 
defense there in Green Bay, so they, they should have a, a good fantasy game this weekend. So Ty Montgomery is uh, doubtful. Well, he's not doubtful. He's questionable to play, but it's unlikely that he's going to play because obviously looking at how well Aaron Jones did last week against Dallas, uh, obviously I think they'll struggle a bit more against the Minnesota defense considering the uh, talent on on. <laughs> between that them and uh, Dallas but Aaron Jones will obviously get had most of this I think uh, Jamal Williams only had one snap last week so Aaron Jones seems to be uh, locked and loaded for for a good workload there in Minneapolis so Derek Carr is expected to start against the Los Angeles Chargers obviously coming back from he missed last week it's only two weeks removed from a, from a, a I think, was it a fractured back or something going wrong in his back but I don't know man it's, it's a risky one for me if you're Derek Carr owner, don't 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 play him this week because it, it'll only take a little hit or a sack to potentially flare that up again. So I'm a bit wary. Uh, if you're a Michael Crabtree owner, I think you're still safe with EJ Manuel if he has to come in at any point. But Amari Cooper, I think you'll you'll sit him this week. But more about that when we when we move on to the week six preview. Uh, two other little bits. Um, Gronkowski says he's good to go. That's all that needs to be said on that, really. Yeah, so if he, he was a surprise inactive last week, but should be good to go now against the Jets. And he, it's a potentially good spot for him where he can blow up and maybe have one of his humongous 100-yard multi-touchdown games. So, And a bit of sad news, Navarro Bowman uh, was released by the 49ers defensive player there. He's had eight long years at, at San Francisco and had a up, really up-and-down career with the team there. So... Sad to see him be released. Might get picked up by another team, but he might also call it a season. So that's your latest news. Let's bring on week six. So let's start with the six o'clock games UK time or the one o'clock games if you are in the US of A. Uh, Let's start with the Bears at the Ravens. Tough start, tough spot for uh, Mitch Trubisky, Trubisky here. Obviously had one interception last week when they faced the Packers. And the Ravens are a stubborn pass defence. They allow the fourth least receptions to a running back, so Tariq Cohen can immediately be ruled out of this one from a fantasy perspective. I think uh, the Ravens are starting to get turn a little bit of a corner. I'm not saying they're quite yet there yet, but um, certainly Jeremy Mackley and Mike Wallace and all your tight ends there and obviously the running backs. They've got a little bit of talent on there. And, you know, they're, they're very much a momentum team, but if, if Flacco can at least be an average quarterback this season, I think they'll... They've got a shot at the division. I don't think the wild card's particularly going to come come from this division in terms of the AFC playoffs. Um, Bears defense is, is, has kept games tight over over the last couple of weeks. They're a good. They're not the middle of the road defense, um, but they you know they are on the road, and they don't have to travel obviously too far. But I think I think from a game perspective, I think the Ravens will only lose this one if they implode uh, or if they beat themselves. Uh, I think from a fantasy perspective, you start Jordan Howard, and that's probably about it. Maybe at the tight end, Zach Miller, if you are struggling at the tight end position, maybe you're a Charles Clay owner, and obviously he's gone for a couple of weeks. Zach Miller's not not bad, not bad uh, pickup, but obviously you know, his Ravens defense is one of the better ones through the air, so don't expect too much. In terms of the Ravens, obviously Javoris Allen and Alex Collins shared the workload last week. Javoris Allen got all the goal line touches. Alex Collins was more of your middle middle of the field guy, and so. I think Javoris Allen, obviously, with his receiving upside, he's obviously you can you can put him in this week and, and feel fairly safe. Alex Collins, again, if you're depleted at running back with all the, the injuries going down at the running back position this year, this year, Alex Collins, obviously, you would have got him from free from the waivers, but he's not a bad, bad person to to slot in there if you if you're also hurting from bye weeks. Uh, I think the best play from this one is obviously the Ravens' defense. So. 
you know, obviously the Bears are a bit limited on their wide receivers and their tight ends, and they're you know they're going to be running the game, so using their running game rather. So I, th- I think from a Ravens defense, you know, you might even get a defensive touchdown in there as well. So I think def- Ravens defense, you can lock them up. A couple of people might actually have dropped them, um, but yeah, if, if go have a quick check in your waivers if they're there, pick them up. Moving on to the Browns and the Texans. This is when uh, Texans at home. Kevin Hogan's obviously been named uh, the, the starting quarterback for this game. So that you, you'll probably find that they will they might start to throw a bit more. Uh, interesting to see how this one plays out. Obviously, Ricardo Lewis uh, and uh, Rashad Higgins will see an uptick. And obviously, you've got the tight ends there, David Njoku and Seth DeValve. The, te- the Texans' defense obviously depleted the, that, that front line there with JJ Watt and, and Merciless injured for the season uh, on defence there so it'd be interesting to see how the Browns fare in this game but I'll say if they're as the Texans are at home I think they'll, they'll make short work of Cleveland but again you know Jalen Ramsey was was a big help to that defence last week had a sack on his, on, on his first play there so but the Browns are really poor on defence in general so expect Sean Watson to continue the fine start he has had to his season I think, obviously, uh, Newt Hopkins and uh, Will Fuller, and he said Ricardo Fuller then, for you Stoke fans out there. Um, yeah, I, th- I think those two will, will get another touchdown and maybe maybe even multi. Um, it's quite interesting to, that, obviously, last week's stats, Newt Hopkins and, and Fuller, the, the, the receptions they had and touchdowns, you know, it's, I think it was like four and three and three and two, respectively, for, for Newt and Fuller. So expect them to, to have another good day. And, obviously, Lamar Miller's, uh, he's, he's had a good few last week's and, Don Foreman, I think, is not really relevant at the moment from a fantasy perspective, but he's a good pass catcher out the backfield. So, uh, Sean Watson, I think, uh, in, tar- in terms of target-wise, uh, you know, Nuke Hopkins has had 56 targets this season compared with if you if you accumulate everyone else's up in the, in the whole offense there, they've had 67. So it just shows you the target share that Nuke Hopkins uh, has got there. So I think the next one was was Bruce Ellington with 20, 20 or 25 or so. So. Um, that shows you how much of a how integral Nuke has been funneled to targets this this season. So I think with regards to Watson as a as a fantasy quarterback, his first four weeks that he's had the, the full time job there, he's ended up as your QB nine, sixteen, two and one. So I think he's another top QB play this week from a fantasy perspective. So you're starting Watson, you're starting Miller, Nuke, Fuller, and Watson on the Cleveland side. I think. Probably just Duke Johnson for, for the foreseeable future to see how Kevin Hogan plays out. Ricardo Lewis might be a sneaky play in, in PPR, but yeah, it's not really a game that uh, excites me from a betting perspective. But um, big game of the week is Packers at Vikings divisional game in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Big game for Minnesota this one. I think uh, obviously Case Keeman will be your starter there as, as Sam Bradford, I think, is going to struggle to play many games for the rest of the season. Stefan Diggs, as mentioned, is out, and Ty Montgomery is also doubtful as well. So that you know, you you're going to start Aaron Jones, and you're going to be starting Ad, uh, Adam Thielen. So I think expect Thielen and Carl Rudolph. Obviously, Carl Rudolph got a touchdown last week. Expect him to them both to get high volumes against the you know weak Packers defense. It'd be interesting to see how the uh, the RB the running back position plays out here for Minnesota. Obviously, McKinnon out snapped uh, Murray 67% to 31%, and also out touched him 22 to 14. Partly might be because of the Murray injury, um, but as I say I certainly expect if he's around the goal line, I still expect Murray to get those carries. But it'd be interesting to see because I've seen McKinnon had a really good week last week. So um, probably you can probably start McKinnon maybe. S- 
if you're if you're struggling at running back, I think Murray will get fifty odd, sixty odd yards or so. And say the Green Bay defense isn't the greatest, so um, and I, I think it'd be quite a close game throughout. So that you know, there's going to be a lot on the, on the run games. I think with regards to the Packers, I think all Packers, I think you can start start all Packers to be quite honest. Randall Cobb, uh, obviously in deeper leagues, but Jordy Nelson, uh, Devontae Adams had a nice comeback game last week after that big hit. Aaron Jones, obviously going to start. Wouldn't start Ty Montgomery. Wouldn't start Jamal Williams. Uh, Martellus Bennett, if you say tight ends, a bit of a dumpster fire this year. Martellus Bennett's getting the volume and the target, so it's only about time. Amount of time before he gets in the end zone and and, and scores some decent fantasy points. Just one one stat you want to bring to your attention. Aaron Jones had eighty percent of the snaps last week against the Cowboys, so it shows you. I think that they'll be similar again this week. Next up, another a tight uh, NFC game. Lions. Travel to New Orleans against the Saints. New Orleans obviously coming off their bye. Could be a low scoring one this one. I know these two teams are usually deemed as high powered offences, but the Lions actually have flattered to deceive a little bit this season, the last couple of weeks. And Matt Stafford obviously has had a bit of a niggle and he's been limping around training this week, so it doesn't seem like he's 100%. Uh, he's not someone to maybe trust. But maybe you're stuck with with Stafford at quarterback, so you've got to let him roll. And again, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about you know the Saints defense potentially being better than than the average Saints defense. So and, you know they've had a week off as well to prepare for this game, and it's a, it's a big big game for for the conference in terms of a wild card aspirations. And also, you know, last the Lions haven't been great the last couple of weeks in terms of points scored and, and general offense, but they have faced two decent offense uh, defenses in Minnesota and Carolina. So I think from a fantasy perspective, you start uh, Mir Abdullah and maybe Golden Tate, um, potentially in PPR. Theo Riddick, who's had who's had 26 targets on the season, which he's he, yeah, it's quite quite low for him, I think. But I think this is a game where the game script could see Theo Riddick get a few a few uh, receptions and, and maybe even some carries. So from the Saints side, Drew Brees, yeah, you're starting them. I think you're starting both running backs, especially in PPR. Mark Ingram, I think, is due for a touchdown. I think he gets in the end zone this game. And Alvin Kamara is obviously impressed in the first couple of weeks. So, Michael Thomas, his targets in the first first four games were eight, ten, eight, and ten. So, he's had eighty five plus yards in five of the six last five six games. Obviously, that's stretching back to last season as well. But um, you know, it just shows you how how good Thomas is is in PPR. So, yeah, it should be a good game that one. Be interesting to see who comes out on top there. But I think the home advantage and a, a better offense. I think the Saints will win on the back of the, of their bye. Uh, cross cross conference game here. Dolphins at Falcons. Bit of a funny one this one. I know you look at it and think, oh, it should be an easy Falcons win here. But just just remember, obviously, they're struggling against Buffalo, and it's just something that that is stopping me from going all in on on the Falcons here. Obviously, Falcons are off the bye, and the Dolphins are, are, are travelling again. You know, look at the travel schedule for the Dolphins. First five six weeks, they've been to LA, been to New Jersey, then they obviously travel to London, back home to Miami, and now obviously travel. Not the longest of distances to Atlanta, but it's a travel nonetheless. I think uh, Devonta Freeman will have a good game this one. Uh, he's out-touched he's out Tevin Coleman 65 touches to 30 over the last three games, and Freeman has had the workload of 20-plus touches each week of those last three games. So I think, obviously, you fire up Freeman. Cutler. Cutler's obviously been awful, but his, his targets for the first two, uh, four weeks that they've played, obviously weeks two to five, Jarvis Landry's 43 uh, Devontae Parker, I think, is doubtful for this game as well. So you should should get good uses out of Landry. You know, Falcons will score quite heavily, so I think the Dolphins will be throwing a lot more than perhaps you sh- they usually do. Don't like Jay Jay in this game, uh, 
um, he, he struggled the last couple of weeks, and I just don't see, you know, unless he catches passes out of the backfield, which he hasn't really done much this season. But I say the Falcons will be scoring a lot of points, so the Dolphin, Dolphins will be trailing for the majority and will have to chase the game a little bit. So I'm a bit bit scared to, to play a Jai. And obviously you've got Vic Beasley back. Just some t- stats on Miami Dolphins this year. They are last in the yards per play at 3.9 and points per game at 10.2. So again, you know, you don't really want to be touching anyone on this Dolphins offense. Just to go through the teams and from a fantasy perspective, you're going to be starting Devonta Freeman. I think Tevin Coleman will get a good usage as well. Uh, Matt Ryan, I think, will have a good game, and obviously Julio Jones. Taylor Gray, Gabriel will ha- should have a good game with Mohamed Sanu out. Um, and then I think just on the Miami side, again, you're not really starting anyone apart from Jarvis Landry. Over to the AFC East, we've got New England Patriots travelling to New York and New Jersey to play the Jets. Obviously, New, New England had the Thursday game last week, so they've had 10 days to prepare for this game. And the New York Jets have been awful against quarterbacks, fantasy quarterbacks, uh, and they've given up ten top ten performances for Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor, Derek Carr, and even the Cleveland quarterbacks. So Tom Brady obviously has he's had three hundred yards and or two plus TDs in four straight weeks. Uh, with regards to the running backs, obviously Gillislee's been very touchdown dependent this year, and obviously he's not rewarded those people that drafted him maybe as early as the third and fourth round this year, but. Might be a might be a good spot this year, uh, this week for him, you know, because I think they'll get ahead in in New York, fourteen, maybe twenty one, nothing, and then they'll just sort the clock out like they did with Blunt last year with Gillislee. But uh, certainly Chris Hogan, uh, Danny Amendola have all stepped up, and I mentioned last week that you know even Cook's probably the the shakiest of of starts on those three there. So if you've got those in your teams, you can probably fire them up this week, no no problem. On the Jets side, uh, Safarian Jenkins obviously had a nice touchdown last week. Uh, I think he leads the team in targets at, uh, within the 10-yard line. Not that they get there very often, but could have another good game. The running back position, Bilal Powell is doubtful for this week, and Forte, who has practiced but still looks a bit iffy, so it looks like Elijah Maguire will get a bulk of the, the carries there. Uh, he's a good start as well, considering how bad the New England defense is. Uh, I expect, expect New England to win this one quite comfortably, but yeah, you could see that the Jets... Get some garbage time points for for your wide, your wide receivers there, and, and same Elijah Maguire might have a good game. But from a fantasy perspective, you're starting Tom Brady, you're starting Hogan, Amadola, Gronk, and Cooks. Running back, so you can probably start the run, all the running backs. You know, uh, not Rex Burkhead, obviously he's still coming back from injury, but he might play a few snaps this this game. But uh, James White and Dion Lewis. Dion Lewis had a good performance last week, so it'd be interesting to see the split. Split there, but Gillespie should get a bit of uh, more workload this week. From the Jets, I think McCown could be a good streamer against this. Obviously, it's bad defense, pass defense. So, um, from a what from a pass catching side of things, only Safarian Jenkins to be quite honest. Uh, maybe McGuire again because the the running back position is quite depleted this this year. Next up, we're looking at San Francisco at Washington. Washington obviously coming off a bye as well. There's quite a lot of good teams on the bye last week um, coming off. So I fully expect Washington to demolish uh, San Francisco, who have had a bit of a heartbreak last couple of weeks, losing overtime in both of those games. So I think this is a good spot for Kirk Cousins. Uh, 49ers allowing 290 yards uh, to, to the running back, uh, to the Q, to the QB. So that's, that's obviously quite high, quite high ceiling for Kirk Cousins there. So plug him back in your in your lineups. The good news for Washington Redskins is Jordan Reed is not on the injury report this week. Hallelujah. Uh, 
San Francisco are vulnerable to the pass catching running backs. Um, but that's you know that's okay because they've only got Chris Thompson to play against. Oh boy. So yeah, Chris Thompson should have a good game. Um, Samaj P Ryan should get bulk work, bulk of the carries this week. Rob Kelly, I think, is going to need another maybe week or maybe even two to, to fully get back. And but I still think that P Ryan's not going to keep this job. So if he's on your waivers, maybe he's a good pick up pick up this week, good stream, and then maybe just drop him. Maybe or maybe even try and sell him if if Rob Kelly is out for another week next week. Uh, I think Jameson Crowder. Obviously, there's been mention in the news this week that people they yeah from from the Washington side that they want to try and get him more involved. Um, it's not obviously hard when you're not getting receptions or any snaps. So he's losing obviously snaps to to Ryan Grant, but you know we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one. It might be worth you know he's probably on waivers in most leagues, so you might want to get ahead of the curve there if that that uptick there because they're a high high powered offense. Terrell Pryor obviously there as well. So um, I think with regards to 49ers, obviously you've got Pierre Garcon there. Revenge game, revenge. Um, but I think with regards to the running backs, obviously Carlos Hyde. Lost touches and snaps to Matt Brady last week after Kyle Shanahan rode the hot hand, as it were, and it said going forward that that, that is how they will operate. So that's obviously a bit scary news for, for you Carlos Hyde owners out there. And Matt Brady, I might want to pick him up as a stash going forward. So might get a few might get a few good plays and, and split that workload there. But, you know, again, for a team that as bad as San Francisco are, they're not going to be running the ball as much. Um, you know, both both back backs can catch the ball out of the backfield there. So, you know, maybe their ceilings and their floors are, are better than maybe initially thought. Um, from a fantasy perspective for this game, obviously you're starting Cousins, you're starting P. Ryan Thompson, uh, probably start Pryor and then probably just and Jordan Reed, obviously. But I think apart from that, you're not really starting anyone. And on the 49ers side, probably just going to start Pierre Garçon in, in this game because again, they, the the Washington Redskins can can jump out to an early lead here and they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. So I'd probably just leave. Obviously, you're probably starting Hyde because he's some teams he's going to be the first running back that you would have would have drafted this year. But uh, just obviously, don't expect a, a double digit return for this this week for for Carlos Hyde. Moving on to the later games, Tampa Bay at Arizona. The close game this one. This is a quite hard one to, to predict. I think uh, Adrian Peterson obviously moving to the Cardinals. I think he'll probably need a week or so to to get up to speed with the playbook. But they'll, they'll probably give him volume and just run some some basic plays with with him. You know, th- plunge through the, through their line. Andre Ellington, who's obviously filled in quite nicely, has had 40 targets this year, which is only second to Larry Fitzgerald on the team. So for PPR, obviously, you're firing up uh, Ellington. I can't remember his first name. Andre Ellington, is it? Yeah, of course it is. Arizona aren't really the same same defence. Obviously, they've got Patrick Peterson there, but they got absolutely roasted by the Eagles last week. So I'm, I'm not too worried about the Tampa Bay wide receivers here. So I think you'll find that Patrick Peterson will cover... Mike Evans, so it could be another good spot for Deshaun Jackson here, who I fancy to have a good game. And uh, you've got obviously your tight end Cameron Brake will also have, should have a nice game as well. So obviously Mike Evans still get the targets, but obviously going up against Patrick Peterson, uh, he, he got beat in a couple of plays last week against the Eagles against you know, against Alshon Jeffrey. So you know Mike Evans is obviously much better than than Alshon. So don't don't be scared of starting Mike Evans in this one. I think from a Tampa Bay, uh, so from an Arizona side. I think, oof, yeah, I think you only can start uh, Larry Fit. PPR is obviously a lot safer. Larry Fitzgerald, John Brown, but not really a lot of targets uh, that you can be safe on apart from Andre Ellington. And in, st- in standard, I wouldn't put you off at probably benching them all. To be quite honest, uh, Andre Ellington may be probably the safest 
safest bet there in Arizona. So uh, Doug, Doug Martin, obviously, he had a nice comeback week last week and should have another nice game this week. So I think you're obviously starting him with confidence. Moving on to the Rams against our Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville are a legitimate uh, AFC South contender this, this year. I, I said it last year that obviously before the podcast was created, but all, all those that know me, I was quite high on Jacksonville last year because of their defence and it's finally coming to fruition for them. They are good on Jacksonville. Uh, Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye are just shutting down pretty much anyone that, that comes in their way. So I'm a bit scared for Jared Goff this week. Yeah, I, I think from a Rams perspective, I only like Todd Gurley here. Obviously, he was a bit shut down last week, but he was he wasn't far away from having a good good fantasy game last week. Obviously, he fumbled the ball onto the pylon, which led to a touchback last week against Seattle. So if you obviously bang bang, bang that onto his stats, it would have been a lot more rosier. So I still think Gurley can start. Uh, with with confidence, Leonard Fournette should should eat again after his his fascinating start to the season. Uh, he might he might even score a couple of touchdowns in this game because I think the Rams bleed bleed production to the running backs. So and Fournette is basically their offense. You know you're not starting anyone. You're not starting Bortles or any wide receivers there, Alan Hearns, and and the rest of them. So not really gonna not really gonna start. That um yeah I'm not really gonna go into one in this much detail. But I certainly expect Jackson Jacksonville at home should should get the win here. And as like I say, they're they're if, good bet for for that AFC South where it is highly competitive and still all four all four teams will think they have a, a chance of winning that one. The big big late game uh Pittsburgh travel to Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas on on the back of that intrepid intrepid nope inept performance by Ben Roethlisberger. Not sure that I'm not, I'm not sure why they just didn't rush Bell all, all game last week. I know obviously you got to manage the workloads and he had a, a, a massive workload the week before, but yeah, you've, you, every time he got the ball, Le'Veon Bell, you know he was going for eight nine yards. So why not just just keep ploughing through, ploughing through, make the defense bite onto onto the runs and then and then throw uh, on the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you know, like I say, they are a good defense. They shut down Pittsburgh a little bit, but uh, you know Big Ben helped them. But you know, I'm not I'm not too scared of the Kansas City defense in this game. I've seen that. I know Pittsburgh are away, but you know you're you're okay with with Levy uh, on Bell. You're okay with Antonio Brown. Obviously, Martavis. Uh, he's had a had a difficult start to the season, and you know there were reports coming out this week that he might be getting a break, which is really really quite scary. But I fancy this one to be quite a high scoring game. So. I think uh, you can start pretty much anyone on offense. You know, on on the Kansas side of the ball, you know who who the ball's going to go to. It's Kareem Hunt, it's Travis Kelsey, and it's Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill's been a bit funny in, in fantasy this this year. He's he's had uh, his first what's it first five weeks. He's had eighteen point eight points, four point nine, fifteen, two point eight, and six point eight. So he's probably going to be have a big game in this one. But you know, the Steelers' defense has probably under underachieved a little bit, and they are quite they are quite talented on there. So you know, just uh, just to be something to, to keep in mind, but I think from a fantasy, as I say, we've already we've already gone through it. I think you start all the big players on on here, and you can expect probably double digit performances from all of them. You probably start Alex Smith as well. He's obviously shown how how good he is this season. They're, they're throwing downfield a lot more than they were in previous seasons. So uh, Travis Kelsey is probably one of the starts of the week. Obviously, he's he's second in, in yardage for tight ends at the moment, behind uh, only Zach Ertz. And you know I'm quite looking forward to watching this game. So, moving on to AFC West game here, uh, LA Chargers at Oakland Raiders. 
not sure what's going to happen in this game. Obviously, there's, there's those, those fires that are disrupting the air quality there. So just keep your eye on that one. It might be, but it's, I think it's going to be in Oakland and nothing will happen, but just want to keep your eye on there. Quite a favourable matchup here for the Chargers and uh, specifically Philip Rivers. The Oakland Raiders have the 30th pass, ranked third pass defence and they allow 106 average pass rate, a passer rating for uh, opposing QBs. So this one could be a potential shootout. Obviously, Derek Carr's slated to return. Targets, target distribution for Philip Rivers, 52 for Allen, which just shows you how many targets he's been funneling up this week, this year. And then the next best was Melvin Gordon, I think, with, with 26 or 27. So, um, like I say, Melvin Gordon had a really big game last week. 26 touches, had 163 yards scrimmage yards that is two touchdowns and played in 83 percent of snaps so that that early season knee injury that was niggling about seems to seems to be okay mike williams is a week or two away uh he could play a few snaps this week um i think like i said at the top, top of the show i think you can play cooper uh sorry you can bench cooper and play crabtree regardless of your quarterback maybe if you're a bit with the bye weeks you're a bit uh obviously dallas and, and seattle are Des Bryant and Doug Balbanoses might need uh, someone like Cooper if if you have him on your team to play. But obviously, you know, with with the the turmoil that guy's gone through uh, the last couple of weeks, I think he's had like four or five catches for twenty five yards or something, which is just quite frankly, he's just disappeared from the fantasy earth. I think you start uh, Marshawn Lynch in, in this one as well. Uh, Chargers aren't that great against the run, and obviously got in the end zone last week. But just keep an eye on Jalen Rashard. He he has done a lot with his his uh, low usage th- this year, like he has done last year as well. So yeah, it might be worth just what giving a watch for him. And like I say, on on the Chargers side, you start Philip Rivers, you start Melvin Gordon, you start um, Keenan Allen. Hunter Henry's obviously trading in the right direction. Obviously, he's always uh, has the potential to throw up a goose egg. Uh, but I think you're okay starting him this week because Oakland are say are pretty bad on defense and they give up quite a bit of production to the tight ends. So. Sunday night football this week could be an ugly game where the Giants travel to Denver. Uh, Denver are my last man standing pick this week, so hopefully they'll they'll get the win for me. I think you can leave all of New York Giants alone from an offensive perspective in fantasy. If you're in PBR, maybe Evan Ingram is, is your play there. Sterling Shepard is out for this game. Uh, I think Broncos are susceptible to a tight end as well, so I think Evan, Evan Ingram. But the thing is, with you know, they've got so many talented players on defense there for the Broncos that they can probably just shadow, put someone to shadow uh, Ingram because I don't think you know all the other guys on on the wide receiver core there are just Tavares King and all the rest of them. I don't think they're going to do anything. So I, th- I th- actually think that New York Giants will be limited to three or six points in this game. It wouldn't even surprise me if they got shut out. So. Uh, on the Denver side, obviously, I think it's a good game for C.J. Anderson. He, uh, Bron- uh, The Giants are susceptible to running backs and give up a lot of production. Uh, C.J. Anderson's had a good good, um, good usage over the last couple of weeks. 28, 21, 24 touches and played 70% of snaps. So I think you can roll out C.J. Anderson with confidence. Uh, Janoris Jenkins, I think, will probably shadow Demarius Thomas. So Emmanuel Sanders' owners can probably be quite confident about him. But I still think Demarius Thomas will get in the end zone, as will Emmanuel Sanders this week. And I think, I say, the Denver, Denver Broncos should easily beat the Giants here. So Moving on to Monday Night Football. We've got the Indianapolis Colts travelling to Tennessee. Now, we're not sure, obviously, if, if Marcus Mariota will be starting in this game yet. Obviously, he's got a hamstring injury. But I still think this is a good spot for DeMarco Murray. 
Although so it did come out in the week that Malarkey, uh, Mike Malarkey would like to get Derek Henry more involved. I think he was maybe a bit more uh, game scripted out last week because obviously they were chasing uh, chasing the game. So DeMarco Murray is obviously the pass catching back there. So it wouldn't surprise me to see Derek Henry get more back more involved. And if you know there's an owner that's dropped Derek Henry or is a bit worried, maybe maybe try and trade for him, pick him up because you could see that 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 Derek Henry is is the Grim Reaper for DeMarco Murray uh, later on in the season. But we we shall see. Uh, I think it's a good from the Indianapolis side. I think it's a good spot for T.Y. Hilton. Obviously, Tennessee secondary is awful, and the defense isn't that great overall. Jacoby Brissett has, has been more than serviceable for for T.Y. Hilton over the last couple of weeks. So I think you can cite him with confidence. A bit worried about uh, Dante Moncrief, who's seen his snap share diminish, and Kemar Aiken actually overtake him. So, but I think I, I do think that will put itself right, and I think Moncrief will start to see an uptick. And, he might be just one worth keeping an eye on. I'm not saying he's going to do anything this week, but might be just worth keeping an eye on Dante Moncrief because they say he'll probably be on the waiver in mo- on the waivers in most leagues. Could be a sneaky high game scoring game this one. Uh, so I think from a, a fantasy perspective, I think you start Jacoby Brissett. I think you start Frank Gore, Marlon Mack. I probably wouldn't chase his last week his last week production, but he's certainly not worth. He's certainly worth a, a stash on your bench there if he's available. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, obviously, you're going to start. I think from the Tennessee side, I think even if Marietta starts, I think you're probably only going to really start Murray with any confidence, maybe Delaney Walker. Um, but if it's Matt Castle behind, behind centre there, I know this this uh, Vontae Davis for the Colts is, is decent on the on the defensive side, but I'm not really going to be able to trust anyone on that on, on that team. Maybe PPR, but certainly not standard. So that's your week six preview. Uh, let's get on to the betting angle and electing to punt. So we had a good, good week last week. We had a, a handicap, the handicap hacker one, um, so that was that was good. Twelve, I think it was about twelve to one. So and we were only one away from the money line and the over under total points line. So we had a good, had a good, had a good week last week. Touchdown scores, I think we got four out of seven as well, including Safarian Jenkins who got over the into the end zone for a, as a three to one shot. So it's pretty good for this week. Bit of a tough one this week because there's so many big favourites. You know, one of them's gonna gonna lose and let you down. Um, if, if I had to pick one, maybe Atlanta would be the one for me. But uh, the money line, I've gone for Houston at home to the Cleveland Browns. The Redskins at home uh, to, I can't remember who they're playing now, Redskins. San Francisco, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, they're obviously quite short. They're, I think, one to four and one to five, respectively. So, again, you're not going to get rich on those. But a bit bigger prices. Saints, one to two at home. To Detroit, I think they'll take care of Detroit there off the off the back of a buy and then two just to try and make the the Acker worth punting on. I've gone for the Buccaneers to beat the Cardinals. I think if, if Winston shows up a little bit and they're able to get that ground ground game going, uh, get a bit of pressure on uh, Carson Palmer on the defensive side as well. I think they they they, they might get an away win there because um, Arizona have struggled this this season and I don't think Adrian Peterson's going to be up to speed yet so they're not going to be able to really control the clock in, in that one so yeah gone for the Buccaneers and I also think the Titans uh, at home I think Mariota are probably playing may, they may just squeeze past Jacoby Brissett and the Colts um, because obviously the I'm not able to give you a, pr- a price and total odds on, the, on that acker but because uh, Mariota is a bit questionable that's why there are no prices available but so the Saints are one to two. The Bucks are probably just a shades of odds against. So what's that? That's evens. Uh, it's two, three. It's about four, maybe four to one, at the moment. If you take out the Titans, I think the Titans will probably be be favourites. So probably looking about seven to one 
um, depending on the prices there. But those are my five. Houston, Washington, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, and Tennessee. For the handicaps, I've only gone for three here because I don't, I don't like playing with the big the big handicap lines. You know, you've got the Falcons, the Redskins, Broncos, all double-digit handicap lines and I don't I don't like betting on those because you know they're a team and New England another one as well and Houston but you know because teams these teams get up early and then they just they take the foot off the gas and there's nothing worse than a fourth quarter garbage time touchdown to, to kill your handicap bets but the three the three I've gone for here it's a six to one acker I've gone for New Orleans minus four obviously I'll say, I'll say I think they'll take care of the, the Detroit with with Stafford banged up and off the back of a bye minus four I think it's reasonable I've gone for the Steelers plus four because I think they'll you know, away from Hinesville, I think they'll they'll perform a lot better than they did last week, and it could be a high score, and I, I expect them to keep it tight. Um, and one of the big ones I have gone for, I've gone for Houston minus nine. I just think that the Cleveland Browns will will struggle uh, struggle in Houston. If it was a, if it was Cleveland at home, it'd be a different story. I'd I'd take the points for uh, for Cleveland, but again, I don't really like it. But it's six to one for three teams to cover the handicap there. Uh, total points, uh, I do quite like a lot of these on, on total points this week. I've gone for over points, uh, Cleveland-Houston. I think Houston could score loads on their own and they only take 10 or 15 or so from, from Cleveland. Um, obviously, you know, with, with J.J. Watt and Merciless out for the defence, yeah, they could they could score a few points, Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be probably be about, about 35 to 14 maybe there. So I think that'll be over. Uh, in the New York New York Giants Denver game, I've gone under forty. I just I, I just can't see New York Giants scoring more than six points in this game. So I, I I think Denver will only need to score about twenty to thirty. So I do like the under forty in that game there, and they'll just run the clock, and there won't be much actually game time in in this one. Um, another one I like I like the unders on. Chicago Baltimore again that's under 39 it's a very low line but again I, I can't see Chicago scoring that many points they may may score a touchdown obviously with Jordan Howard there or, to, or so but I, I can't see Chicago scoring more than 10 maybe 14 but and Baltimore I think Chicago have a good enough defense to, to keep them in check for a little while so I think I like, I like the unders there I like the overs in the Pittsburgh and Kansas City game 46.5 Again, I think this will be a higher scoring one, and I think you know, Pittsburgh might be chasing for a majority of this game, so I like the overs there. And then finally, I like the unders in the Miami-Atlanta game. I just might be... Miami aren't, aren't that bad on defence. Um, I just I just think 45... Will it get to 45? Hmm. I'll tell you what, actually. We'll, we'll take those out. So I think we'll, just, we'll go with over in the Cleveland-Houston game. We'll go under in the New York Giants-Denver game, and we will go over in the Pittsburgh-Kansas City game and under in the Chicago-Baltimore game. So it's one, two, three. You've got four there, so that, that's evens, two, four, eight. It's about eight to one there, usually. You can you can find those. So the Lions, uh, Cleveland-Houston's 47, New York Giants, Denver 40, uh, Pittsburgh-Kansas City 46 and a half, and Chicago-Baltimore 39. So they are my uh, game game lines. as In terms of touchdown scorers, Quite a few I like this this week. Uh, big, bigger odds. <clears throat> One thing I did notice actually, was, I, I found quite funny, was the Broncos' defense are nine to four to score a defensive or special teams touchdown in this game, which is absolutely ludicrous to be quite honest. But uh, wouldn't surprise me. But I'm not be I'm not backing that at nine to four. Uh, a couple of big ones. Uh, Matt Breda five to one. I think was quite high uh, with Skybet. Uh, obviously, you know, with, with going with the hot hand last week, Matt Breda might get a bit more uptick in playing time. So five to one to score any time in a game. But you know, he can cast back past. Get 
catch passes out the backfield. So five to one, I thought was quite big. Elijah Maguire three to one again. He could get a bulk of the workload there, so that's a very very big price. Duke Johnson for the Browns nine to four. He's obviously been on fire the last couple of weeks, so nine to four I thought was quite big. Uh, I'd certainly expected that to be around the six to four, thirteen to eight uh, shot there. So. Another couple of big ones. Dion Lewis obviously had a good game last week. He's four to one this week uh, to score against the Jets. Cameron Brait nine to four for Tampa Bay against Arizona. Obviously Arizona are not great on defense, and Cameron Brait's you know, scored in his last couple of games. So nine to four again, I thought was quite big. I was expecting a bit shorter. I was certainly expecting less than two to one on that one. Um, Jameson Crowder, I'd, I'd had a quick peek at as well, considering the comments that came out this week. He's also nine to four, but I probably wouldn't touch that. It's probably a bit about right. For the bit, the shorter the shorter price players, uh, Adam Thielen I thought was a bit, was a big price at fifteen to eight with Stefan Diggs out and that Green Bay defense. Uh, Newt Hopkins ten to eleven I thought was also a decent a decent shout. C.J. Anderson is evens. Sean Jackson fifteen to eight uh, Tampa Bay versus Arizona, and Leonard Fournette was uh, was a still at five to six as well. So there were no prices on the Indianapolis Tennessee game, but I did like T.Y. Hilton, so just have a look out for that. So my my five my five for this week: Adam Thielen, Nuke Hopkins, C.J. Anderson, Deshaun Jackson, and Leonard Fournette, uh, and T.Y. Hilton as well. But again, no price set for for a six. So potentially, I've, I looked at uh, two plus and hat tricks. Uh, the only two that really appealed were Leonard Leonard Fournette uh, seven to two to score two or more, and uh, Gronk uh, fours to score two or more. And it's about twelves and sixteens for for a hat trick there. So those are the, those are the two appealed for multi touchdowns. So that's the electing to punt segment this week. Let's finish off the show with the two-minute drill. So two-minute drill, we're just going to go through all the games and uh, with my picks, just just for the record, and um, one interesting stat as well before we start. New Orleans, if they don't commit a turnover in week five, it'd be the first time that any team's ever gone five games without committing a turnover. So that'd be quite an interesting one there, but I've got a funny feeling probably will happen, so just to break it, because the Lions defence is okay, So and Drew Brees is always susceptible to a pick at some point but that quite surprised me actually because obviously the, the, the offense that they have there Drew Brees always, is always liable for, for an, uh, an interception there so but yeah let, let, let's hope that they don't commit turnover and, and set that record so let's start the two-minute drill let's go uh, I think the Ravens will go will control the Bears with a defensive stand and potentially score a defensive touchdown as well I think the Houston Texans will beat the Browns, uh, who will get a lot more garbage time points. I think uh, Isaiah Correa will also get in the end zone. The Packers will overcome the Vikings by a touchdown with more Roger, Rogers magic. New Orleans Saints will beat the Lions in a close one. The Atlanta Falcons, I think, will squeeze past the Dolphins after building an early lead. The Patriots will dominate the Jets, but the Jets may give the... the Patriots an early scare. I think the Redskins will absolutely hammer the 49ers and the Buccaneers to beat Arizona in overtime in a high-scoring game. I think the Rams will capitulate against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense. And again, Jacksonville are a good bet to, to score a touchdown this week. I think the Steelers will go to Arrowhead and upset the Chiefs in a high-scoring game. I think the Chargers will overpower the Raiders' defense and take the win in Oakland for the, in the AFC West. I think the Broncos will limit the New York Giants to one field goal, maybe even two, and win by probably about 20. And on Monday Night Football, I, I'm going to take the Titans to squeeze past the Colts. I think let's go through every game and look at the potentially the highest scoring player from a fantasy perspective. I think the Ravens' defense... Uh, for in, in that game. I think DeAndre Hopkins for the Texans against the Browns. Adam Thielen against the Packers for the Vikings 
Uh, Mark Ingram, I think, will be the highest scorer in the Saints-Lions game. Devonta Freeman in, for the Falcons. Mike Gillisley, I've put here uh, for the Patriots, which might have a few eyebrows raised, but I, I just can just see him getting a bulk bulk of the carries this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Redskins, I think will just throw all day on the 49ers. Deshaun Jackson for the Buccaneers, with Patrick Peterson covering Mike Evans. Kareem Hunt, no surprises there. Leonard Fournette for... The Jags defense, but the Jags defense is a, is a good shout there for the highest scoring player in, in that in that game. For the Chargers, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon. I don't think Raiders would be doing anything much on offense this week in terms of high high fantasy scoring production. CJ Anderson for the Broncos will be the highest scorer in that game, and Ty Hilton. I've gone for the highest scoring fantasy player in that game. <laughs> So that rounds up your show. Thank you so much for listening in. We'll be back next Wednesday or mid- for the midweek episode of the Full 10 Yards podcast where we'll look back on week six. Good luck with all your fantasy team ga- fantasy games this week. Hope you get the win. If you want to get in touch with the show, at, f- at Full 10 Yards on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and we're also now on SoundCloud. If you want to get in touch with the show by mail, it's full10yards at gmail.com. And we'll look forward to seeing you on Thursday. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter at Full 10 Yards or email the show full10yards at gmail.com.